It's the final four in Major League Baseball in 2020 in a postseason that we never thought we may ever see, but we've made it. We've got our four teams. Last week had some fun, not so fun moments, but we are here and it's time to break down the remaining four standing teams as fans start to enter the ballpark now. Things are really looking up for baseball. Let's recap the division series really quick here on this episode of the Ryan Express. Hopefully a shorter episode as we have only 14 games to look forward to this week before we get the famous fall classic. This is Express Line 7, a recap of the American League Division Series and National League Division Series of the 2020 Major League Baseball postseason on the Ryan Express. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Today's date is Sunday, October 11th, and let's get started. Last week, we had four Division Series matchups, two of which were sweeps, both on the National League side. The Los Angeles Dodgers swept the San Diego Padres 3 to nothing in their Division Series. After much speculation, Mike Clevenger started Game 1 for the San Diego Padres, but he only pitched one inning, walking three batters, striking out one, but also not allowing a run. On the other side, Walker Buehler pitched four innings and struck out eight, only allowing one run. The Dodgers ended up winning 5-1 to one thanks to a balanced offensive attack. Game two was by far the most competitive of the three games as the Padres took an early 1-0 lead on a Will Myers double. The Dodgers retaliated with four runs of their own, the last of which was a Cody Bellinger home run. The Padres answered with two home runs of their own by Machado and Eric Hosmer. The seesaw offensive battle of the game continued until the seventh inning when Cody Bellinger robbed Fernando Tatis Jr. of a potential two-run home run that would have been the difference in the game. The final score was 6-5. The Dodgers took a 2-0 lead in the series at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Game 3 started with a similar feel to Game 2 as only one run was scored in the first two innings, but the third inning, the Dodgers dropped five runs on the Padres and never looked back. It ended up being a crushing 12-3 win for Los Angeles, a 3-0 sweep in the series, and a ticket punch to the National League Championship Series. The Dodgers' NLCS opponent will be the Atlanta Braves, who had a sweep of their own last week versus the Miami Marlins. Game 1 started, for the most part, with the Marlins controlling the game. The Marlins held a 4-3 lead entering the 7th inning when it all unraveled. Two pitching changes for the Marlins and two home runs for the Braves kicked in a 6-run inning for Atlanta and the Braves took Game 1 by a final score of 9-4. to 
In Game 2, Travis Darnot remained hot for Atlanta, and the Marlins failed to score runners, leaving 7 on base and getting shut out 2 to nothing. Also, thanks to terrific pitching from Braves youngster Ian Anderson. And after taking a 2-0 lead in the series, Game 3 proved to just be a send-off party for the Atlanta Braves to the National League Championship Series as they would win and shut out the Marlins once again 7-0 to sweep the series and set up a date with the Los Angeles Dodgers for a trip to the World Series. Over on the American League side, things were much more competitive, starting with the Astros and the A's. Two division rivals meeting up in the division series with a trip to the ALCS on the line. Oakland started the series strong, especially in Game 1 when they started with a 3-0 lead and moved that lead to 5-3 entering the 6th inning. At that point, Oakland's bullpen, which has been stellar all year, failed them, giving up 7 runs, 4 of which were unearned, and the Astros took game one, 10 to five. Again in game two, Oakland took the lead first one to nothing off of a Chris Davis home run, but the Astros rebounded to out homer the A's and win the game five to two. Again in game three, Oakland scored first, but Houston ended up being the one with a seven to four lead entering the seventh inning. Oakland looked like they were done for the year until Chad Pender kick-started a five-run comeback for the Athletics with a three-run home run in the seventh inning, and Oakland took Game 3, 9-7. In Game 4, surprise, Oakland scored first again with a three-run home run by Ramon Laureano off of Zach Greinke. However, it would be Carlos Correa for the Astros who would steal the show in Game 4, getting three hits, one home run, and five RBIs to propel the Astros to an 11-6 win. The Astros, with their 3-1 series win over their division rival Oakland Athletics, moved to their fourth straight ALCS dating back to 2017 when they won the World Series and also were caught cheating with the sign-stealing investigation this past offseason. Their opponent would be the winner of the Tampa Bay and New York Yankees series at Petco Park in San Diego. In Game 1, Garrett Cole would give the Yankees a quality start with six innings pitched and three earned runs. And Giancarlo Stanton would give the Yankees a grand slam in the ninth inning to seal the deal with a 9-3 Game 1 win for New York. In Game 2, Randy Arozarena kicked Tampa Bay off to an early lead with a solo home run. That would be the first of six home runs in the game. In the ninth inning, Aaron Judge grounded out to third base with the tying run on first base, giving the Rays a 7-5 Game 2 win. Tampa Bay's offensive momentum would carry into Game 3 when Arena again, Kiermaier, and Perez would all three hit home runs in an 8-4 route of the Yankees. Charlie Morton delivered a terrific outing as well, giving up one run over five innings pitched. 
the Rays' offense would come quietly in Game 4, going over 4 with runners in scoring position, thanks to a stellar outing from the Yankees' bullpen, specifically Britton and Chapman. The Yankees won the game 5-1 to to force a winner-take-all Game 5 in which their ace, Garrett Cole, would take the mound once again. Pitching would be the story of Game 5. The Rays allowed one run over all nine innings thanks to stitching together Tyler Glasnow, Nick Anderson, Pete Fairbanks, and Diego Castillo. Garrett Cole and Zach Britton on the Yankees' side would also give up one run over seven and two-thirds innings, but it was a solo home run in the bottom of the eighth inning off the bat of Mike Brousseau, who gave the Rays a trip to the American League Championship Series with a 2-1 to one win in Game 5, a 3-2 to two series win. And the four teams that remain in Major League Baseball are the Tampa Bay Rays, the Houston Astros, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Atlanta Braves. Well, here we are. Another round of predictions from me and another 50% success rate. And here's what happened. I knew who the four best teams were because they've proven it all year long. It was the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Atlanta Braves, the Oakland Athletics, and the Tampa Bay Rays. All four divisional matchups in the division series. Really ironic based on the name of the series. But I knew that there would be an upset. I thought it was going to be Atlanta, who had not won a division series since the 2000s. And yet here they are beating the Marlins in a sweep to match up with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the championship series. Well done on the Braves part. The team that did pull the upset was the Houston Astros. And I really thought that the quality of opponent in the wild card series would give favor to Oakland, being that they took down a much more balanced team than the Astros took down in their wild card series. But it proved to be the Astros' offense that absolutely suffocated the Oakland Athletics. And when you look at this Astros' offense, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that their run production has doubled from the regular season to the postseason. It doesn't make sense how they were sub-500 in the regular season, and yet they have knocked off two division champions going 5-1 and one in the postseason. Yes, the Astros have dealt with injuries all year long, and especially on the offensive side, for the most part, have everyone back except for Jordan Alvarez. I get it. Verlander's out for the year. Alvarez is out for the year. Osuna's out for the year. Bregman's been banged up. I mean, the list goes on, but it doesn't make sense to me how the same guys who played the entire regular season have turned it around so dramatically in the postseason. There's really only three explanations that I can think of to justify this. And the first explanation is that the Astros have finally 
found their rhythm and it just coincidentally happened between the regular season and the postseason. I mean, the Astros just blew several games to the Rangers right at the end of the year. And then all of a sudden, they're just going to go to bed that night, wake up, and then just be lights out offensively in the postseason against much better teams than the Rangers, who are one of the worst teams in baseball. The Astros were dead cold coming into it. And sure, the game of baseball is very ebb and flow. Teams that are cold can turn around and get hot when they're a streaky team that plays off of momentum. So sure, it's a possibility that this has happened to the Astros very coincidentally just the night that they go to bed and wake up a different person the next morning just happened to be the night before the playoffs. But I think it's a long shot, and it's a really strange coincidence. But that's the first possibility. And the second explanation is that the Astros are cheating again. They found another way to get signs from the other team so that they know what's coming. When I was watching them play Oakland, they hit a lot of home runs on pitches that I did not think a even above-average baseball player could have hit out of the park unless they knew exactly that that pitch was coming. Remember back in 2019 when Jose Altuve hit the ALCS home run walk-off against the Yankees and Aroldis Chapman? Aroldis Chapman made a funny face right as the game was ending. And right after the camera cut away from him and back to Jose Altuve, it showed Jose Altuve pointing to his shirt, giving his team a wagging finger, telling them not to take his shirt off during the celebration. And of course, this raised a lot of eyebrows after the game was over because it seemed like there could have been potential that Jose Altuve had a wire or something that vibrated worn under the shirt that he did not want to expose in a potential celebration. And of course, after the game was over, the Yankees are going to play up this role that the Astros had their signs and that they thought they heard some kind of whistling or something going on. Of course, if he was wearing a wire, there wouldn't be any whistling happening, I would hope, unless it was coming out of the wire itself, to which case I would assume the catcher and the home plate umpire would have been able to notice it. All of this to say, in 2017, the Astros won the World Series and an investigation happened into trash can banging that turned out to be the Astros illegally using a man to watch the opposing catcher for signs and relay that sign to the batter so that Astros hitters knew exactly what was coming. That was 2017. It was proven that they did that. Rob Manfred, however, said that it was not absolutely determined that that had a effect on the outcome of the playoffs so they were not stripped of the championship nevertheless they were caught with a smoking gun in 2017 2018 the Astros were good again but the focus in 2018 was really more on the Red Sox because as we now know Alex Cora was heavily involved in 2017 and the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018 and it makes you wonder if Alex Cora just took the same strategy of sign stealing and brought it to Boston. 
Now, 2019 rolls around. You have the weird, don't take my shirt off, Jose Altuve moment in the ALCS. And the Astros go to the World Series where they play seven games and lose. And now, in 2020, the Astros are a sub-500 team that has all of a sudden, very coincidentally, doubled their run production between the regular season and the postseason in perfect timing. All of this to say, it still smells very fishy on the hands of the Astros considering it's the same players out there performing and doing the same thing they've done the past four years when it smelled fishy the whole time through. Even if you have someone else's signs, the batter still has to get the bat to the ball and make the other team pay for them knowing their signs. And in the case of the Astros, the Astros are good enough to do that. Are they a world champion baseball team without that advantage? I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know when they've had that advantage and when they haven't had that advantage. Maybe they've had that advantage the whole way through. Maybe it's all blown out of proportion. I have no idea. But either way, here they are back again and you have to wonder and the third possibility i'm not going to spend much time on this one because it is so radical to me is that because of 2020 the way things have shaped up the shortened schedule no fans for most of the season up until the nlcs and the world series as we're about to see coming up this week no fans allowed Major League Baseball is doing everything they can to generate as much revenue as possible. And in an attempt to make that happen, they are trying to set it up so that the Dodgers and the Astros meet in the World Series because, as you know, it would be a rematch of 2017 when it was proven the Astros cheated and the Dodgers would have their chance on particularly a neutral site to avenge that mistreatment. Now, as you're going to see in a moment, I did remake my bracket here, second chance bracket, so it seems, and I do have the Astros and the Dodgers meeting up in the World Series. I'd like to think that the Astros are succeeding right now because of scenario number one. It is coincidence. It is a strange coincidence. It is a weird baseball coincidence that seems to happen occasionally for teams like the Washington Nationals last year, and that's just all it is. But at the same time, I can't help but think that the other two at least have some chance of a possibility to be true. Now, as far as my updated bracket goes, in the past, I have only correctly picked the world champion going into the playoffs once out of four brackets that I have made and that one bracket was way back in 2014 when I picked the entire postseason correctly, kind of on a whim. So I'm really in a slump here when it comes to picking a world champion out of the field starting from the wild card round. However, I am two for two when I remake my brackets when they are wrong. So. After the division series round, I typically, if my world champion got knocked in the division series, I will remake it. And this year, as my world champion pick was the Oakland Athletics, 
I have remade my bracket now, and I have the Dodgers winning the World Series. Dodgers have been the best team in baseball for the most part all year long, and they get now the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS, and I think that is a lamb to the slaughter matchup. The Braves have played two bottom 10 offenses and now they go in against the number one offense in a seven game series so they do have a little room for forgiveness but the pitching I think has been good for Atlanta partly because the opposing offense has not been there we've seen Ian Anderson succeed twice against the Reds once and against the Marlins again but now they're finally going to go against a top-tier offense, young player, young pitcher going in. They don't have Mike Soroka, and I really don't like their chances against Los Angeles, who I think just wants another crack at the Astros. Now, when you look at this matchup on paper between the Braves and the Dodgers, you really, really are inclined to go towards the Dodgers. Defensively, the Dodgers are a much better team than the Braves are. Offensively, they're pretty balanced, but the Dodgers have done a little better in the postseason than the Braves have, primarily because of that wild card series for the Braves versus the Reds where they went 13 innings and only scored one run. But offensively, they're pretty even all season long. Pitching-wise, again, leans towards the Dodgers. So I really think the Dodgers are going to win this series in all three phases. That's why I only have the Braves winning one game, and I think it's probably a steal of a game. The Dodgers win against an offense in the San Diego Padres that honestly looked better in the wild card series and even in the division series than the Braves' offense has looked in both series. So I do think that the Dodgers are absolutely a better team in all three phases of the game I think they have played more clutch baseball than the Braves sure the Braves had the walk-off hit in the wild card game one they also had the big home run in game one against the Marlins but they haven't had a spectacular play like the Cody Bellinger robbed home run that won them the game defensively for the Dodgers against the Padres in game two So I do like the momentum that the Dodgers are bringing in, and I do like their attitude that, you know, we've gotten past the tough series where we can get bumped in two or three games, and now we're at the point where we have seven games potentially to show how good we are if we slip up a couple of times. So I really do like the Dodgers to relax even more and play their game and win the series in five games and send them to the World Series. On the American League side of things, we have the Rays and the Astros meeting up for a trip to the World Series. The Astros averaging just under seven runs a game in the postseason, an absolutely surreal number for them, considering what their offensive production looked like in the regular season, down close to four runs a game. That's actually where the Rays are hitting right now in the postseason, down to four runs a game. I think the Rays saw better pitching in the Yankees than the Astros did in the Athletics, but the margin between the Astros and the Rays hitting-wise is significant right now, 
And I think it's going to take a tremendous performance from the Tampa Bay pitching to stifle the Astros hitting that's red hot right now. And perhaps even the Rays need some tremendous hitting as well to try to balance out those numbers. I do think Tampa Bay has the pitching talent to put up with these Astros hitters. But unlike what I just said about the Dodgers and the Braves, I actually see a very even series coming up in the American League side. I like the Astros simply because I don't really know how you stop their hitting, especially if they are getting some sort of signals on people. So perhaps expect the Rays to try to jump out to an early lead in the series and keep it that way throughout the series. I like it to go six or seven games, and really it's a toss-up for me as to who's going to play the Dodgers in the World Series. But whatever happens in the ALCS and the NLCS, we will be back next week to discuss it and to preview the World Series here on the Ryan Express. As for now, we're running over time, so we are going to hang it up for the American League Division Series and the National League Division Series. Enjoy the American League and National League Championship Series, and we will see you next week. Yeah.